Hi, I'm Lynn. And I'm Amanda. And this is the Pursuit of Badassery, the podcast. This podcast is all about taking action and creating that badass business abundance and life that you want. Where we share stories, laughs, wins, and epic fails to show you the whole picture of the entrepreneurial journey. It's not just unicorns and rainbows, people. Jump on and follow us through this raw and witty roller coaster where we get down and dirty and go behind the scenes of life and entrepreneurship. Get on it, get over it, and get after it. Hi, I'm Lynn. And I'm Amanda. Welcome to the Pursuit of Badassery, the podcast. We are doing yet another amazing episode on sales in honor of our book that came out, The Pursuit of Badassery, How to Create Badass Business Abundance, the sales edition. And we have an, another amazing guest with us. Adam Butte is here. He's an international published author. His book is actually The Art of Authentic Selling. He's a sales expert, course creator, and he helps with growth mindset. He has over 30 years or almost 30 years of commission-based selling sales management, sales training, and business ownership across multiple industries. We are super excited to have you on the show today. Welcome, Adam. Hey, thanks, Amanda. Thanks, Lynn. I'm excited to be here. Uh, we're just going to dive right in. Tell us a little bit about your sales experience. How'd you get started in sales and what are you doing in sales now? Yeah, thanks. Uh, I think like most people, I fell into sales. I don't think sales is something that you wake up one morning and think, yeah, I want to be a salesperson today and go to university and learn how to sell so that you can have a great career in sales because there's no such thing. So um, I know that for me, I finished school and I thought, mm, what am I going to do? I didn't go to university. I didn't go to any higher level education. And that was it. I fell into it and just started to work my way up the corporate ladder. Um, with menial jobs until probably did that for about you know, six years until I got my first sales repping position where I was, you know, had a, a company rep in the car and, and knocking on doors that way. Um, and I did that for uh, about 18 months, two years. And then I got into what I call real selling, which was the commission based direct sales industry. And oh, wow, wasn't that a journey? Yes. We've all been there. Well, not all of us have been there, but that is definitely cutthroat sometimes. All the time. Sink or swim, you're either eating or you're being eaten. <laughs> Absolutely. Pretty much, actually. Pretty much. <laughs> it's a good analogy. A good analogy. <clears throat> uh, we were talking about earlier, like your transition from that hardcore sales to what you do now. So can you talk a little bit around that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, when I first started my commission journey, um, it took me about three months, or it took me more than three months to get my first sale. Um, and that particular role, I was on a drawback retainer system, which is what you see a lot of in the real estate industry, that you get paid a retainer to keep going, but you actually owe the company money. And I was starting to get into five figures worth of debt uh, in a job, which wasn't wasn't working so well. Um, but what I had to do was learn very quickly how to sell and how to sell hard um, because that was the pressure environment that we were in. And um, I went from earning nothing in three months to earning 120K in the last nine months of the year. That was my first six figure uh, annual income. And, and that was on the back of repping, which was 35 grand. So it was quite a, at that stage, a bit of a quantum leap really, because I was in my early twenties when, when that happened. Um, and I did, 
did direct sales for a long time, multiple industries, multiple sectors, face to face, over the phone, and see me on stage, um, online. I, I mean, it, it really didn't matter whether I was selling wealth creation products, whether I was selling advertising, whether I was selling corporate stuff, whether it was to the tier one CEO levels, right through to mum and dad best, um, mum and dad consumers. At the end of the day, sales are sales, and it's all the same. But I'd learned so much. Like I got really heavily involved in NLP and become an NLP master because I really wanted to understand um, how the human mind works and how to really, you know, connect with people on a subconscious level. I, I went through all of the, uh, you girls might remember the Tom Hopkins, Brian Tracy, Zig Ziglar training. And then Anthony Robbins came in with all of his stuff. And um, it just kept going from from one to another to another and reading book after book i think i calculated recently i've probably spent in excess of multiple six figures on education on how to get better in here um and and it wasn't until i had my first six figure commission month which was 104,000 us um i'm obviously an australian you can tell by the accent that was 142,000 australian dollars at the time that I realized that everything that I was doing was wrong. And when I say that everything that I was doing was wrong, it's a really interesting thing for people to listen to because how many salespeople would aspire to have a six-figure month? You know, not a six-figure year, but a six-figure month. Um, and for me to say everything I was doing was wrong really challenges people's belief systems and values in, in what they're doing. And the reason I say that is because ultimately in all sales positions, roles, businesses that I've had up until that point, everything was coming from the seller's journey, which was me. It's all about how much money can I make as opposed to how much service and value am I creating and providing. And when I realised that I was selling products and services to people that can't use it and won't use it, and it was all for my own financial gain, um, that was when I drew the line in the sand. And that was five years ago. Um, and from that moment on, never have I taken on a sale for my own financial gain. I'm only taking on a sale for if I can create benefit in someone else's life. I love that. That's so, that's such a distinction because Absolutely. it is, it is a, a paycheck for if you're working in sales or if you're in sales in any capacity, it is a paycheck. So it's not like you don't understand that you also need to be paid, but it changes the way you sell and your motivation to sell. And obviously how you feel about yourself at the end of the day changes how, when you are coming at it from a service base, like you are giving somebody a service, you are or solving a problem for them. You are creating solutions in their lives and making their lives better, easier, whatever it is. And that's such a big distinction. And it's something that flipped the script in my head when it going from this like super sales oriented, like close the deal, close the deal, close the deal to actually having these relationship sales or relational sales where I can feel good about what I'm selling, no matter what it is, because I know I'm solving somebody's problem rather than filling my pocketbook. Yeah. And, and when you're operating, and I call it operating from that space, the average salesperson experiences burnout within 14 months. And the reason that they're experiencing burnout within 14 months or wanting to change career, jobs, whatever, is because they're filling up from the outside. And that outside is all about the money and it's all about the KPIs and it's all about the external pressure that's going on to perform as opposed to fueling themselves from their passion on the inside. 
And when we're working from passion, the energy that we're putting out there is different. The, 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 uh, the connection that you're making with people is completely different as well. So, um, and you can't burn out because you're fueled by that passion. That's an awesome way to look at passion because it does make a difference in your definitely in burnout as entrepreneurs, as small business owners, and anybody who's inadvertently in sales. Like when you're an entrepreneur, when you're in sales, like you are, you're in sales. Even if you don't think that you're in sales, you're you're in sales. And sales. yeah, that burnout hits so much quicker, you know, so much more quickly when you hate what you're selling, when you hate what you're doing, and it, it when you have that passion and drive. That's how you can work a longer hours and not really realize that you're working so much more because you have that passion for it. Well, not only the, yeah. you took the, the hate what you're doing, but also like um, going back to what you were saying is like, you're not, you're constantly seeking approval from outside. You're not actually dealing with the internal need and cup, if you would. And so when we can come from the inside out, it gives us the ability to have better direction, to make better decisions, to stand more on our feet. I was literally just having this conversation on a mastermind about actually an issue with a, a particular client and um, how the the client should handle their client. And essentially they're in the golden handcuff kind of situation where you know, they're reacting in a way because they're not confident in themselves. Um, and because this also is with sales, but this is also with even dealing with the clients and other aspects that because they're not confident with themselves, because they're not filling up their own cup, they're reacting, they're being reactive and transactional in their communication and the way that they're doing things. And this also applies to, to the way that they sell sometimes too. And so I love that you, that you brought that up. What would you say? I mean, I know that you definitely found that you were doing everything wrong, and that's the way you verbalize it in the corporate selling side. Would you say that there's one positive lesson that came out of that that you have brought into what you do now, what you teach others, and what's in your book? Mm, the 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 yeah, absolutely. The the positive side of all that is. Um, and I think these are traits that you must have as a business owner, regardless of what you're doing. You have to have the tenacity to keep moving forward. You have to have the courage to keep moving forward. You have to have the discipline to keep moving forward. You have to have the uh, the accountability, that, that personal accountability um, to move forward. Um, and you have to take personal responsibility. Uh, and these are all key elements that are not taught right but these are all instinctive things that i see the difference between people that will succeed in life and people that don't succeed in life um so those are the those elements that i got from my sales career have put me in good stead for everything that i'm doing you know whether i'm going to the gym uh whether i'm being a better parent whether i'm creating better relationships with other people whether um it doesn't matter what it is they're, they're the traits that keep fueling me to want to be better and to grow. And because if you don't grow, uh, one of my coaches actually um, is out of the States, uh, Jim Fortin is a transformational coach. Um, yeah, he says, we either grow and evolve in life or we shrink and we die. And if you don't have that those elements to it, then you're not gonna grow and evolve because you're not gonna be able to stay at task and, and want to improve. 
Love that. And I would get along great with your coach because I say that all the time. Maybe not in those exact words, but say that yeah. all the time, I think. And I love those points. And I love how you actually applied it to every other aspect because we're so interwoven. And when we do things over here, let's it, say in our sales way, it is affecting here and here. And we can utilize tools in each of those uh, areas to be able to strengthen the other areas of our life and business. So I, I love that you spoke about that. We kind of talked about that a little bit in the last uh, podcast as well, and like the hunger and the different things, and the, but that tenacity, that that accountability. Yes, they can be learned, I think. However, you need to apply them as well. Um, and you have to want to learn them. Some some people, I think, have some of that innately in, inside of them. But if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. So what's one piece of advice you would give someone about sales? Everybody is in sales, whether you understand that or you don't, or whether you like that or you don't. Um, a sale is made in every conversation, and it's just a transaction. So the the small business owners that I, that I deal with, um, really in many cases don't want to be seen as the salesperson, don't like to be known as the salesperson. Uh, they're too scared to sell, whatever the case may be. The reality is if you are in business for yourself, you are your best salesperson and you need to accept that that is the fact. So when you can accept that that's the fact, um, then you can get better at your craft and then you can start to duplicate out and that's where the growth will come. So accept it, acknowledge it, embrace it and, and run with it because doctors are salespeople, you know, lawyers are salespeople, accountants are salespeople. It, we, it doesn't matter. Sales is, is, is not what we do, but what people need to understand is that sales is actually an extension of who you are. And when we get better at becoming better people, we're going to be actually better as salespeople as a byproduct of that. So just uh, enjoy that. 100% agree with that. I think that's one of the things that when I'm coaching some of my small business clients, they have such a hard time. Oh, I don't want to do sales. I don't want, I don't, I'm not really a salesperson, but blah, blah. And I'm like, no, you are. If you own a business, you are. And I, I love that you said, it. I'm going to force them all to listen to this podcast so that they can hear it from somebody else other than me. But yes, you are absolutely your best sales force and own it, embrace it, run with it. Be one with sales. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. What is, um? so uh, a little off the script, what made you decide to write a book? And I know you're a course creator as well, besides like working with clients um, from the front of the stage and uh, behind a desk, figuratively and maybe literally. Uh, so one-on-one. -on -one. Um, but what made you write a book and um, what was your, your process around that? Mm -hmm. So here's, here's the book here, you probably can't see it, um, Art of Authentic Selling. Uh, a book has always been something that I wanted to do, um, but um, it wasn't until COVID hit that I thought, well, I've got five weeks here, <laughs> we're, we're in forced lockdown, I might as well get this happening, and I smashed it out, and I just wrote and wrote and wrote. For me, it was just a big brain dump, um, but basically it just highlighted it's a why to book more so than a how to. There is how to in it, but it's a why to. And it really highlighted where I came from. 
to, to where I'm going. And my goal is to change the way that sales is done. My goal is to change the way that business is done. I hate being sold to. And I don't know anyone who loves being sold to. Um, and I hate being spammed. I hate being treated as a walking ATM. I hate it wherever I'm going that people, if I walk into a, a shopping centre, I haven't even got one foot in the store yet and they're on me like a rash. And that sort of stuff just irritates me. So I, I really want to change the way that business is done. And the best way for me to do that, I believe, is to lead by example and to show what I used to do and why I believe it's better to do things differently. So it really does help people um, get a clearer idea of how they can be operating um, in, a, in a better way. But also um, credibility as well. I mean, you have a book, people people look at that, think, wow, he's a published author. Um, I didn't realise how much work was involved in writing a book, so um, I don't know if I'd do another one. <laughs> it was, uh, I've read that book more times than I've read anything else in my life, and that was a lot of reading, just going over that over and over and over again. I thought, oh, is that any good now? I'm sure I'll get that whole chapter out. So... But yeah, it was it was a really good brain dump, and now it's a great business card everywhere I go. My book's with me, and it just gives me that little bit more credibility than Joe Blow that's going to teach people how to close a sale. Well, absolutely, Amanda and I are chuckling because we all we know it all so well because we are about to launch the second book, and we have a few more coming out. But I think Amanda definitely read our first book a lot more than I did. So many times, so many <laughs> times. Just like, I just want to stab out my eyes. Um, yeah. However, I love that you talked about that too, because it is a leverage of you. It is a credibility. It, it does help also build the relationships because people can see behind the scenes. They see that you're putting things out there. They see like you're being authentic and transparent in like, hey, this was how I was doing things. And this is why I, you know, this is why I went this way. And I think that that just adds it is in alignment and adds to who you are and what you're doing now. So I, I love that. And I think that that's important to, to know. Absolutely. Yeah. And it also highlights your vulnerability as well. Absolutely. Vulnerability is important, huh, Amanda? I know. That's my least favorite part of it. My least favorite part. Thanks for bringing that up there, Adam. Least favorite part, the vulnerability. But it is true. I mean, it does. It does. And it's also just, even if you're not talking about the stories that you put in the book, throwing yourself out there and something that you've written into the world is a huge vulnerability. Like, I hope, I hope people don't hate me. I hope I don't suck. I hope, you know, all the things, all the things you think randomly at two o'clock in the morning <sighs> that come out of your head. But in continuing, so in your sales process, is there anything that you feel like is your favorite part of sales or your least favorite part of sales or the sales process uh, as you have developed it now? Yeah, look, my, my favorite part is um, what I do now, Amanda, is I take something to a different level. Um, before, and you touched on this, Lynn, get the lead, close the lead, move on. Get the lead, close the lead, move on. Find the lead, close the lead, move on. It doesn't matter how it's done in the direct sales world, but it's 100% transactional. And I call that the industrial age of selling. Um, the Rockefellers brought that up with the education system. Everybody's been indoctrinated into this system of slavery and it's routine, it's mundane, and this is how it is. Um, when we're moving into the new age of selling, which is the relationship stuff that, that we're talking about today, what we see is businesses like 
you have your business, I have my business. Today we're collaborating for the greater good of an audience, yeah? Um, and that's beautiful. That's where magic happens through collaboration. But what the companies and what the businesses have forgotten is that we actually are collaborating with our clients as opposed to closing our clients. And when we're in a space of collaborating, like I'll do, um, I've got two, two clients that are coming to me uh, in the next week to do a sales strategy session with them and I said what are we going to do in that session and I said we are going to collaborate I'm not going to tell you a b c d go and do this we're going to put together something that has your input that has my input and we're going to create something that you can grab and you'll be comfortable taking away and doing so that collaboration with clients is something that the business world does not do because they're focused on selling closing money in the bank but what I love about sales is the collaborating because then I feel like I'm part of their journey. I feel like I'm contributing to their journey. I feel like I'm adding value to their journey and I'm making a difference to their lives. When I finish working in that space, I am buzzing because I'm just so full of energy from what we've been able to, to create as opposed to closing, ticking that off the board and moving on to the next prospect. So that element of the sales process to me is really fun. Prospecting is really boring. Like I hate prospecting. I've never enjoyed prospecting. I know there's people out there that are prospecting animals and they thrive on, on the hunt, um, but I don't thrive on the hunt. I, I thrive on the collaboration when I'm, people are coming to me and people are saying, Adam, how do we do this? Great. Let's put that, let's put the hat on and let's get to work and let's make something magical happen. That's fun. Love that. All about collaboration. And I, I love that you um, take that position. That's actually when I do my intake for some of them, I talk about like being an extension of your business. Like this isn't about all about my knowledge and my expertise. It's about ours collectively and figuring out the best way forward for you. Uh, and I think the way that you approach it too, which I love is, yeah, you have all of this expertise, you have all of this knowledge. However, if you were to do the old school, like force it down their throat and give them, they don't feel a part of the process and they're only going to maybe use it and only parts of it. Like it doesn't have the, the eating, no living effect and, and the buy-in absolutely. But also like, even if they have the buy-in, it the shelf life of it either it's going to sit on the shelf or it's not going to have as long of a applicable like um process as it would when they feel a part of it when they see like oh i can do this and oh i had an option here or you know this is you know then they also have more confidence in themselves when we can help others see in themselves or feel in themselves maybe what they don't feel or see in themselves it only strengthens the relationship between us as well and that that connection which empowers us both and i love that you said that you walk away buzzing and thriving like that that's the way it should be yeah no burnout when you're operating from that place that's right no burnout absolutely adam so is there anything else that you feel that you really want to share with the audience when it comes to your sales process or how to convert sales in a way that is authentic mm -hmm. so when we're converting from um, being authentic, there's there's things like 
so many buzzwords out there with integrity selling and ethical selling and blah blah if you're selling you're closing and i i see where's the integrity in that right but from the authentic place what we're finding is that people are starting if we're having a conversation like what we're having now i'm not selling to you but how i'm treating you right now is exactly how i'm going to treat a prospect so i'm not selling to them either but what i'm allowing them to do is understand um, where they're at in their buyer's journey. I'm allowing them to discover what it is that they want. I'm not going to tell them what they want. Um, I'm not going to tell them what they need, but we're going to identify what that is for them. And then we're going to collaborate on a solution for that. And then they ask me, what's the next step? And when they're asking you, what's the next step, then where's the icky sales in that? You know, where's that? Have you girls ever found that you're uncomfortable when you're waiting for the question about hand over your credit card? Like you're just waiting for it. So there's that uncomfortable moment in the process. None of that exists when we're operating from that place. So, so the process for me is understand your client's wants, understand your client's needs, go one step deeper and find out the real why behind that. Because when we can discover the real why, sometimes their wants and needs that they first came to you for is not actually what they want or what they need. And in a lot of cases, um, I remember one of my old sales managers, and this sticks, I wrote about this in my book, and he said, Adam, if someone comes in and they want to buy a dog with a wooden dog with three legs, go and sell them a wooden dog with three legs. Why would I do that? <laughs> like um that to me just doesn't that didn't make any sense um why do you want a wooden dog with three legs so let's let's unpack that a little bit and find out whether it's actually a cat that you want with four <laughs> you know what i mean like let's really get into it and too often um and i'm a big advocator of this you'll get more sales when you learn how to listen then you will get more sales when you learn how to talk. And these fast talking sales people that promise the world and under deliver is the reason why there's no trust out there for people in the business world right now, because they've been bullshitted to for so long by so many. But when we're attentively listening and we're understanding the real needs, the real problems, the real whys, then that the, authentic, the authenticity in that, the genuineness in that, uh, the openness in that is there. You don't have to build the whole know me, like me, trust me thing, which is all left brain and you're really trying to create an outcome versus when you're resonating with someone on such a deep level that you have that unconscious trust that's there and they're openly giving you information that they're sharing with you because of that reason. Love it. That I feel like sums it up right there love that Absolutely. so how how adam unless is there anything else lynn that you wanted to ask before we wrap up i know we're at time no for sake of time but i love this conversation i love the way that you position things um in a different way uh which is really unique and some of these i'll be taking for myself because i definitely i love I, I teach on relational versus transactional. And this is, like I said, as CEO of a company for a few years where we 
this is what we did. <laughs> this is the trainings that we had, the tra train the trainers and all of that <clears throat> is I love the way that you um, position certain phrases and different things because it does it does take it back more to the deeper level and the real like the human connection, which I love and that that humanity part and that soulship. Um, which speaks highly to me. So I, I really appreciate you being on today, Adam, hands down. Uh, so that's you. cool. Thanks, Dean. If people, if people get back to, to understand, well, I mean, what's money? Money is just a byproduct of service. That's it. You know, we attach so much more emotion onto money than is what's necessary. It's just a byproduct of the service that we provide. So when I'm talking about understanding the buyer's journey, not the seller's journey, the seller's journey, we have our KPIs, we've got our targets, we've got our metrics, we've got all these different things that we need to do to hit the goal. But if we're operating from that place, then our buyers know that we do not have their best interests at heart because energetically they feel it. Human beings are energetical creatures. Now, I learned Reiki. I'm a Reiki master, and I understand energy very, very well. And I understand subconscious connection. And, and I teach about rapport building in, in, my, in my training. I mean, you know what rapport is, yeah? Mm -hmm. rapport, is, rapport is just basically where you have an unconscious connection with someone that you're not even aware why you have that. I'll give you an example. We've all walked into a room full of people and you look in the left corner of the room and there's a group of people and you look in the right corner of the room and there's a group of people. And at that moment, we're making a decision as to which corner of the room we're going to go to if we don't know anyone in there. Why do we go one way, not the other? We don't know them. But what it is, is we have an energetical connection. We feel more comfortable in a certain area than we do feel in another area. So we as human beings will gravitate to where we're more comfortable, right? Speaking my language. So if we, un not your language, yeah. So, so when we're working from that's from our gut and we're working from that energetical connection where we're resonating with another human being, as opposed to our mind where we're forcing a connection with another human being, then the interaction that we're gonna have is completely different. So if we understand that money is a byproduct of service, we wanna be putting ourselves in situations with human beings that we connect with before we even start opening our mouth and talking the shit that's gonna come out. <laughs> and when we're doing that in a business environment, it's it's really easy to to have much greater conversations with people where you feel more comfortable than it is to have conversations with people that you don't so if we're operating from from the buyer's journey instead of the seller's journey if we're operating from service instead of kpi and we're operating from adding value not taking money then um, not only will you get more sales, you will absolutely increase your sales conversion rates significantly. You will then have long-term client retention. Too often people are focused on getting the deal 
instead of how long can we be working together. The average client retention for the average business is three years. And if you do not have three years of client retention, that means your sales systems are wrong, your processes are wrong, your procedures are wrong, and your communication is wrong. But not only that, when the referral business comes is only when that person is prepared to buy again. They won't genuinely refer someone to you unless they're prepared to rebuy. So again, when we're operating from that relationship place of service, the money will flow instead of focusing on the money flowing, we're operating on service, the money will flow. So my biggest takeaway for anyone that's listening to this podcast is to change the way you operate and come from service, not KPI. Don't operate from fear where people can smell you after their wallet a mile away. Operate from abundance where we don't care whether we get the deal or not. Absolutely. And it's no longer about price. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Adam. Love that last bit of nugget. So tell uh, our listeners how they can get a hold of you. And obviously we'll have everything in the show notes. So, but real quickly, we'd love to hear it from your mouth. Thank you. Um, I've got the little QR code there. So that'll take you straight into my um, calendar. If you want to book a time, I'm based in Australia on the Gold Coast. Um, outside of that, you can reach me on LinkedIn. Um, I do have a Facebook group as well, uh, but mainly on, on LinkedIn. And you can send me an email at adam at the authentic sales training academy.com. Perfect. Thank Thanks you so much. Yeah, we really appreciate you. Adam. So many nuggets and um, yeah, so many nuggets. I love the series that we're doing, Amanda. It's super cool with all of our guests. <laughs> yes, I, I definitely feel I'll be re-listening to my own podcast just so I can absorb everything you said today. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Adam. And until next time, Amanda. Get after it. Thank you. All right, everyone. It's not enough to just listen. Now you've got to put it into action. We are so excited to see what you do next. If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a review on iTunes. And to find out more about what we're doing, visit us at thepursuitofbadassery.com.